the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starn Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American right. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. Well, hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you, America. I'm having a hard time this week with the days. I don't know what it is. Can I be... I just have to share this, and th- I may be guilty of, of oversharing. So, uh, Kyle, if uh, if I'm oversharing, just uh, throw something at me here. But um, I I've been having a hard time sleeping lately. So someone said, "Oh, you got to get this stuff called melatonin." And uh, so I went out there to the um, I went to the Kroger, and uh, I'm in the uh, the aisle, and they, I saw this big box and it had these uh, blue looking uh, gel things they're kind of like gummy bears and uh, it said it was uh, melatonin so i thought okay and um, i i bought a big jar of this stuff and uh, i t- started taking it. it says take two so i took two melatonins the little chewy gummy bears about a half an hour before you're supposed to go to bed and uh, so anyway i i started doing that last week and for some reason, as soon as I take them, like 20 minutes later, I'm out like a light, and I do. it's very difficult to wake up. And I couldn't figure it out because I'm going to bed at like 8, 9 o'clock at night. So anyway, I was looking at the jar this morning, and I realized they're like extra strength. So I may need, I don't know, some sort of an addiction program. But uh, so anyway, the good news is I'm wide awake and alert right now. So uh, we're, we're going to have a, a go at it today, and we have a lot of crazy stuff happening. But if you have a recommendation for something, I, you know, I, I just don't like taking the gummy bears. You know, I maybe I, there's got to be something warm. I hate warm milk, though. Yeah, that's not going to do it. So if you have a suggestion, a, a home remedy, I'm open to suggestions today. Uh, we've got a lot going on. As a matter of fact, uh, James Comer is going to be here. He is the chairman of House Oversight. He is leading the charge on these investigations into uh, the Biden crime syndicate. So we're going to be checking with him. Also, Congressman Matt Rosendale from Montana is going to be here. Today, we hit the debt ceiling, and there's going to be a big battle. And it's going to be starting in earnest today over whether or not the Republicans should raise the debt ceiling. They have the power of the purse strings in the House of Representatives. And this is going to be a a big deal, mainly for Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House. And it, let me just lay this out there for you. Kevin McCarthy made a promise that they would not raise the debt ceiling, that they would they would start the job 
of getting government spending under control. And now is a better time than any just to rip that Band-Aid right off. But you're going to have a lot of people out there, including Republicans. As a matter of fact, Michael Steele, the former RNC chair, says it's ludicrous that anybody would be out there trying to um, trying to stand in the way of raising the debt ceiling. Well, my question is this. Why do we have a debt ceiling anyway? They keep raising it. I mean, it's not like this is something that has um, that has not happened in the past. It's not something that uh, hasn't happened every single year, because it has. And every single year, the Republicans capitulate. They capitulate to the Democrats. So the question is, ladies and gentlemen, what do you want your lawmakers to do? They're projecting and predicting all sorts of financial calamities that will befall us. But I want you to think about something for a moment. You, you in your home, you have to balance your budget. You know exactly how much money comes into your household every single month. And you know the bills you have to pay, the bills that you can partially pay. You know if you're going to be able to go out and uh, eat a delicious meal at the Applebee's. You know that uh, you're going to be you're you're going to be able to take a vacation. You'll be able to tell that based on the amount of money that you have in your checking account. And it seems to me that if the American people can balance their checkbooks, then so can the federal government. We have to live within our means, and they should have to live within theirs. So I'm not quite sure why this is such a difficult thing. Now, you might be wondering, well, Todd, you know, we've got to pay our bills. Okay, that's great. Let's pay our bills. But we got to cut out all the frivolous spending. And you say, well, all right, well, what's frivolous spending? Well, how about the millions of dollars, the tens of millions of dollars that's being squandered in the military right now on teaching our soldiers how to use proper pronouns? What about the tens of millions of dollars being used to advance critical race theory lessons within the federal government? Why don't we just go ahead and just get a big pen and mark that out? You're going to be saving tens of... I guarantee you, ladies and gentlemen, if President Biden would have called me up and said, Todd, I need your help. I've got to balance the budget. We've got to figure this out. We've got to cut spending. Can you help us? I would have said, and again, as a patriotic American citizen, when your president calls, you answer the call. And I would have said, Mr. President, you don't even have to send me an airplane for me. You just email me over the, the federal budget and I'll take care of it lickety-split for you. And I guarantee you that we'd be able to get a balanced budget. Guarantee it. So far be it from me to tell the government, though, what is frivolous. But I don't know. They might want to start by uh, not spending, what, $50, $60 billion to protect Ukraine? Or how about this one, $70 million to teach salmon how to have sex? Seems to me the salmon already know how to do that. And based upon dinner a couple of nights ago, quite deliciously. Salmon's tasting very good these days. Or what about this? $3 million on bee-friendly highways. Bees don't need highways. They fly. So what's the problem here? $3 million. We just we just saved, um, what, uh, $50, $60.7 billion right there. And let's get real. Does America really need, really need a $3.6 million Michelle Obama walking trail? Do you think anybody's going to stroll down that path? I don't think so, America. I don't think so. 
So again, I mean, it, they're, they're saying it's the apocalypse. The world economies are going to collapse. We're going to run out of money in the, by the summertime if we do not raise the debt ceiling. I say don't raise it one single penny. What say you, ladies and gentlemen? 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Now, we've got another story that we're looking at involving our friends at Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless company. They are sponsors, longtime sponsors of the Todd Starnes radio program. And Patriot Mobile, um, I, I know the owner, a guy by the name of Glenn Story, and this guy is just an American success story, an incredible businessman, an incredible entrepreneur, and he loves America. And we uh, we got to, we met several years ago. Uh, they're based in Dallas, Texas, in the Grapevine area, and uh, we were down there for I don't know CPAC. I believe it was CPAC when CPAC was in Dallas, and invited us out for a delicious dinner at this amazing Italian restaurant there in the Dallas area, and just uh, really heard his heart as a Christian business owner, and they really do subscribe to this idea that their company and the profits of their company should be used to advance a conservative and a Christian agenda. And I think this is a wonderful thing. And so they actually take a portion of whatever they make and they donate that and by the the tens of thousands of dollars, they're donating that money to pro-life causes, to religious liberty causes, and they're especially fighting for conservatives on school boards. And they have been very successful. As a matter of fact, a number of national news organizations have called out Patriot Mobile. Not very flattering, but they've called them out because Patriot Mobile has been backing conservative Christian candidates for public school boards. So anyway, Patriot Mobile, they're always wanting to do the right thing, and they're pretty open about it. You know, unlike a lot of these other companies out there who are backing these candidates, who are backing agendas, most of them left-leaning, but not Patriot Mobile. They are proud, loud and proud. They are Christian and conservative, but they're also good, just good people. So the other day, a Patriot Mobile wanted to honor the Grapevine Police Department in, in Grapevine, Texas. That's the hometown police department. And they gave the officers a $1,200 check so they could have a, delish, a delicious pizza party you know, with the big pepperoni pizzas and sausage pizzas. I mean, amazing food. And they feed people very well. The police department, they took a picture. Clearly, they were blessed and they were very thankful for the generosity of Patriot Mobile. But then, as soon as the picture got posted, all you know what broke out. And all these left-wing organizations started attacking the police department. How dare you? How dare you? The Biden administration has caused a financial crisis, and they don't have a clue how to fix it, folks. Our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. Now, if all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you're vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, it's physical, and it's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold. They can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where 
where you still own the physical gold. They can also ship gold and precious metals safely and securely to your house. Did you know a million dollars worth of gold can fit in a shoebox? Call Legacy at 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. All right, welcome back. Had a little bit of a coughing fit there. My apologies. It's the uh, pollen here in the Mid-South. But I take pollen any day over living back in New York City. Uh, Welcome back, everybody. So I want to finish up this story, and we're going to get to the phones here uh, in just a moment about Patriot Mobile. Uh, They were giving the police department in Grapevine, Texas, a a pizza party, $1,200. And uh, all these leftists started going bonkers. And uh, at that point, the police department actually caved. And the police department said that uh, they were very sorry and that people were offended that they would accept accept free pizza from a Christian company like Patriot Mobile. They say that uh, they believe that um, dignity is one of their key values and that it, quote, ensures we recognize the inherent worth of all persons and compels us to act toward them within a manner that conveys our, what the crap, there's a load of crap right here, ladies and gentlemen. So anyway, a bunch of a bunch of liberals pitched a hissy fit, and the Grapevine Police Department said, you know what, we're sending the pizza back. No, I am not kidding. They rejected the pizza party. Glenn Story may be hopping on the show today. He's the the founder of and the CEO of Patriot Mobile. He posted a statement. I want to read this to you. The response from the far left is not surprising to us, nor is it anything new. We're humbled to serve as a Christian conservative company. Our mission is to defend our God-given constitutional rights. We've been called Christian nationalists by those who want to silence us, to break us, to make us stop, but we embrace the term Christian nationalist. We love our country, and we love the Lord, and we strive to be the light in the darkness. And I say good for you, sir. By the way, there's nothing wrong with being a Christian who loves their country. And if you go to a church and your pastor says there's something wrong with that, you need to pick your butt up off that pew and get the heck out of that godless heathen church. And by the way, I'm sure there's another police department somewhere in Texas that would be more than willing to accept a free, large, delicious sausage and pepperoni cheese pizza. Kyle, put your hand down. No, that's no. That's, that's police department. Police department. Let's go to the phones here, 844-747-8868. You think the police department was wrong to spit on the gift, the kind-hearted gift of Patriot Mobile? 844-747-8868. Let's go to North Carolina, WSIC, starting the day with Sean. Sean, what's on your mind? Hi, Todd. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good. I I heard something really hilarious this morning on the Fox News feed, and they were saying that now there's a study coming out of Canada saying that coffee makers, coffee makers make this big greenhouse footprint that you shouldn't be doing it that way. You should maybe switch to instant coffee. And then they were talking about the pods and 
how the pods would be nice, but they can get in the environment and kill all sorts of animals. You know, now they're going to go after coffee makers. Why? Because they couldn't get the ovens. You know, it's it's amazing because I heard this morning from somebody that they, they're releasing um, hummers, electric hummers, and it's going to take seven to ten days to fully charge the batteries on those when you wear them down. Now, you think about the footprint. Okay, how much electricity is it going to take to power up that battery compared to how much electricity is going to use my coffee maker? I mean... This is, this is getting really ridiculous. Yeah, look here, Sean. I'm not surprised by this. The The whole point of the left, and, and it's hard for people to to get their, to wrap their heads around this, but leftists want to make you miserable. I mean, that's just the, the bottom line. When you look at all these countries, look at communist, look at communist China right now. Those people look miserable, and they yeah. are miserable. And you know why? Because the government controls every aspect of their lives. And that's, yep. that's what they want to do here. That's why people like AOC and Joe Biden want to take away your assault gas oven. They want to take away your <laughs> coffee maker. They want to take yeah. it all away. They want us to be living in caves, relying on government for everything. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, it's, you know, it's really mind-boggling because, again, everything that we see going on, you know, because that's the other thing, too, that made me laugh. They keep talking about the climate change. And the footprint, well, during the whole pandemic, why garbage they were feeding us, everything was disposable. You don't think the garbage dumps filled up probably three to four more times than whatever happened so we can sanitize everything better than anybody else in the world. And we went back on, oh, we'll just throw everything out and everything's disposable and you can't touch everything. And all the rubber gloves, all the masks, all that crap that ended up in the dump. There's, There's not animals choking on that stuff, but I'll let you go. It just... It just infuriates you because, you know, one day one day they're all going to wake up when it's probably too late. But, well, yeah. it is. And I'm telling you, they take away our coffee, they're going to have an angry population on their hands. I'm just telling you yeah. right now, Sean, yeah, angry population. The angry, the angry villagers with the pitchforks and the torches. That's it. Hands off my community <laughs> coffee, America. All right, Sean, appreciate the call Thank there. You. Hang in there. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine? Could you imagine the government knocking on your door and demanding you turn over your Keurig? I'd have to fight somebody to the death over that. By the way, back to something else Sean uh, uh, mentioned, um, and this goes this goes to the environment. He was talking about the oceans. Uh, you've got the World Economic Forum underway, and those people, that is an evil bunch of folks because they're ultimately the people behind this global new world order gobbledygook, and they want to literally take over everything. And one of the things they're, they've been pushing is climate change. Well, I got to thinking about this. There's a um, there's a resort I love to go to uh, out in California. I haven't been in many, many years, uh, down in San Diego. And I noticed something. The, 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 the hotel is right there on the beach, and it's been there on the beach for, I don't know, 150, 100, and have, some, however many years it's been there. Do you know that according to the environmentalists and the, the tree huggers and the ecosexuals, the, the hotel should be underwater by now, right? They're talking about the oceans rising, but it's not. As a matter of fact, the oceans are in the same place and the tides are in the same place they were 150, 200 years ago when that resort was actually built. Just something for you to think about. So when it makes sense when you understand now why Barack Hussein Obama bought the, what, $10, $11 million seaside mansion. 
because they all know it's it's a joke. It's it's all rigged. It it is. All right, we're going to get to your calls. A lot happening in Washington. Secret Service is turning on Joe Biden. We're going to tell you about that. 844-747-8868. We'll be right back, America. I've noticed that when I go to the shopping mall and buy one of the towels, they just don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at MyPillow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand-new towels. These things are incredible, and best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with USA cotton. They are soft yet absorbent, and you're normally going to pay over $100, but thanks to our good friend Mike Lindell, $39.99. That's it. It's a great deal. All you have to do, go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Just enter the promo code STARNS or you can call 800-839-8506 for some incredible radio specials. Again, MyPillow.com, promo code STARNS. All right, folks, welcome back to the Todd Sarns radio program. I want to give a big shout-out to our friends in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, WSJS, our great affiliate there, and a pretty terrible thing. Uh, they have been hit by, uh, quite frankly, I'm calling them domestic terrorists. Um, that's right. We understand that uh, unknown people broke into the radio station's tower site and destroyed the tower of the radio station. And they have been off uh, the air um, for quite some time uh, as they're trying, working very hard to try to get everything back up and working. But uh, we certainly uh, want to send out our thoughts to uh, the owners of um, of that great radio station, uh, Stu Upperson Jr. and uh, the great team there at WSJS. And uh, they're, gonna, they're working on it. They're going to be back on the air very quickly. Also, I want to give another shout-out to another great listener who, by the way, has offered a, a suggestion on my sleeping habits. And it's, I don't know, it's just weird. I've been, mainly because I'm, I do most of my writing at night, so, uh, and my sleep patterns are getting a little off. Uh, Al, from, Al writes in from WBGS Radio, that's AM 1610. Uh, and uh, here's what Al says. Uh, Todd is open to suggestions on an alternative alternative to the melatonin found i'd like to offer a suggestion elderberry have you heard about elderberry my dad used to make elderberry wine he says elderberry is a natural drug-free alternative to melatonin and elderberry is a natural sleep inducer that also boosts the immune system oh that would keep me from coughing near the middle of a show so all right um uh, al goes on to say elderberry available in many forms including gummies teas and uh, something that i can't pronounce so uh, al thank you very much uh, for that suggestion and we appreciate all of our great listeners on this radio program all right uh, an update from washington dc we're getting word and now there's been a big controversy because the white house says they're not keeping records of who's coming or going from the house where all the private documents were stored in the garage next to joe biden's corvette a corvette by the way that hunter biden used to drive 
Uh, that would also be the house where Hunter Biden is allegedly, allegedly the owner, but he's been paying nearly $50,000 a month in rent. There's a lot of shenanigans going on, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of shenanigans. So anyway, um, now the the White House is saying, well, we don't know who's been in and out of that 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 house. We, we, we're, we don't keep track. We don't keep records. Well, guess what? It turns out the Secret Service had been keeping records, and the Secret Service says they're more than willing to turn over that information. So now the question is, what will the White House do now? The White House press corps is going bonkers over this, and they're fighting mad. There's a piece in Mediaite, and they're saying that a lot of the correspondents are calling the the daily press briefing a pathetic, wasteful, a wasteful a period of time. They're really frustrated because they're not getting any answers, and uh, the dean back uh, KJP, Corinne Jean Pierre. She doesn't know anything that's not in that big, huge folder that she thumbs through through the entire press briefing. So it is not looking good for the Biden administration. But keep in mind, all of this is orchestrated, even the media outrage. Everything is orchestrated. And you better get ready because it may not be long until we have to start saying the words, President Harris. 844-747-8868. Let's go to Jenny in Kentucky. Jenny, what's on your mind? Hi there, Todd. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for asking. I just wanted to point out, because I know that you are, you're so, you care a lot about getting things right. And I just wanted to point out that the vice president does have the authority to declassify information. Where are you getting your information? Because you're the only person in America who is saying this. Well, it's from Executive Order 13526 of December 29th, 2009. I just Googled, can Vice President declassify documents? And They can't. They, um, I mean, this is, I mean, they cannot do that. I, I'm not sure yes, what executive... I'm, I'm telling you, Jenny, sorry, they, they cannot. Can. They can. So you're they saying can. you're saying the federal government is wrong. You're saying Donald John Trump is wrong. You're well, saying I, Mike Pence is wrong. I'm, I'm I'm just saying that based on this executive order and the analysis done by um, Washington Post and um, New York Magazine. Um, Liberal USA, organization, USA, liberal USA Today. Liberal. I'm, well, I'm, I'm just. I I understand that those are liberal leaning organizations. I get that, but they can't falsify what an executive order says. Jenny, I am telling you, order. the vice president of the United States cannot declassify information. That is only allowed. And by the way, that is not an executive order. This is the Presidential Records Act. It only yes, allows for the president. I don't care. I don't. It could be from. It could be from 1799, Jenny. I'm just saying. Right. The Presidential uh-huh. Records Act specifically says only the president of the United States has the authority to declassify. Okay. Um. I. I would. I would just encourage you to take uh, a a look at it. Um. I. I know. I know. You don't have to take my word for it. Um. And you can just take take a look at it um i don't want to waste your time reading it um 
the the excerpt that says that classification authority does go to the vice president. Okay, well, I I would much rather take the word of the official Presidential Records Act than New York Magazine or the Washington Post or oh no, this or, is, or New York this Magazine is code of federal regulations. Um, executive order okay. one three five. Jenny, I, all right. Well, we're going with the Presidential Records Act, which is the law of the okay. land. Jenny, appreciate the call. 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. I want to bring your attention to our friends over at Newsmax. There is a brand new book out by our friend Congressman Ken Buck, Blowing the Lid Off the Censorship of big tech. It's called Crushed, Big Tech's War on Free Speech. In the book, Congressman Buck shows how Google, Facebook, Twitter have been suppressing the truth about Hunter's laptop, COVID, President Trump, you name it. The book shows how Google used its monopoly to hurt consumers and silence conservatives. Big tech controls the information flow, no doubt about it, people, and they ignore your rights to free speech. So if you're tired of the bias, fight back and get Ken Buck's brand new book called Crushed. This week on Rob Schmidt's show on Newsmax, uh, he's talking to Ken Buck about Crushed and its revelations. You'll find out how Google uses search, ad networks, Gmail, even YouTube to censor conservatives. It is absolutely shocking. So get Ken Buck's today, a book today. It's called Crushed. Watch Newsmax tonight. Rob Schmidt will be right back. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Good to have you with us today. So the Secret Service says they are ready to provide Delaware visitors. They've got the list. They they know exactly exactly who has been in Biden's house. So if Congress says, hey, Secret Service, we need that list, the Secret Service says they are prepared to offer the names of everybody who was visiting President Biden in Wilmington. It's interesting because the White House says there's no formal visitor's log, and yet the Secret Service says they've got that information. So what does that tell us? Well, it tells us once again that this is part of a coordinated attack on Biden. They're, they're taking this guy down. And it's going to be pretty delicious to watch all of this happen in the coming days. Let's go to John in Moorhead City, North Carolina. 
John, what's on your mind? John, I just can't believe people hadn't spoke about this yet. Trump, the the archives knew that Trump had all those documents. But the ones that Biden had, the archives did not know that he had them all or how he got hold of them. That has not been explained to me on any show yet. All they say is he was trying to establish that place over in Penn, uh, Biden Center, and he had yes, the the, the Biden Penn Center. Yeah, but how can he have checked something out? Uh, you know, when you get a document of that nature, you read it where it's at, you give it back to him, and you go. If you make notes, they tend to frown on that or take pictures of it. You know, it's classified at the levels they were talking about. You You don't take out and... Read like Reader's Digest. You have to do it there in a skiff. Well, look, here's the here's the bottom line, and I appreciate the call. The bottom line is it doesn't matter if if the documents were unclassified or not. Biden had no right to have those documents. They were not declassified. Those were classified documents, and Biden had no right to have classified documents stored in the garage, in the Corvette, in the assault gas oven, uh, gas oven, he had no right to have those documents there, period. By the way, there is yet another report coming out over the White House colluding with the Justice Department to hide this whole classified document scandal. This is coming from Breitbart. Breitbart reporting that the White House and Justice Department agreed to hide President Biden's scandal from the American people until it leaked to the press. In spite of all the claims of transparency, not only did the White House and Justice Department try to obscure the scandal from public view, but they refused to divulge that the second trove of classified documents were already unearthed at Biden's home in Wilmington when CBS News first contacted the White House about the initial leak. Early on, Biden's attorneys and the Justice Department investigators both thought they had sh- had a shared understanding about keeping the matter quiet. In other words, this is the deep state at its worst. So this scandal is only going to get bigger, and Biden has nowhere to run. White House press corps, they have been mobilized to take out the president now. And that's coming from orders either from Barack Obama or Susan Rice, whoever is pulling the strings here. But as Liz Peake reported on this radio program, her sources are telling her Michelle Obama is boots on the ground in New York City meeting with big dollar donors. And she's reading that to mean that it looks like Michelle Obama, if she has the money, could be running for the White House. And for her to do that, she's got to take out Joe Biden. The White House, meanwhile, coming out, and they're saying their plans have not been thwarted, and they're getting ready to announce Biden is going to run for a second term in office. I don't believe that. And I think the White House is running scared. And it won't be long before people inside 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue start going after Joe Biden as well. Uh, Get ready for leaks like the titanic i'm telling you folks it's it's gonna get it's gonna get ugly very ugly
All right, uh, coming up, our good friend Congressman James Comer is going to be here uh, to give us a breakdown of the latest investigations. Also, uh, Congressman Matt Rosendale is going to drop by. The debt ceiling, we've hit the ceiling, and the question is, what happens next? Will Kevin McCarthy stand his ground? Will he Will he actually live up to his promise that he made to his fellow Republicans? Or will he side with the Democrats? And will he decide, you know what, we've got to raise this debt ceiling? Here is Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana, cut number three. When it comes to the debt ceiling, uh, everybody wants the truth, but nobody wants to be honest. Uh, Here's the truth, as I see it. If you're going to have a party... You have to pay the band. If you're going to borrow money, you have to pay it back. That's true as a moral principle and a principle of practicality. And you, you, don't, you don't have to be a senior at Caltech to figure that out. Now, here's the truth part. Congress had a spending party. More specifically, the House Democrats, not the House Republicans. The Senate Democrats and a whole lot of Senate Republicans had a spending party. I didn't vote to do it. I would have been happy with a couple of beers after work. But they wanted to have a spending party. And it wasn't just Democrats in the Senate. Um, those bills passed with a lot of Republican support. The omnibus, the so-called infrastructure bill, uh, the, the CHIPS big tech bailout bill, even the, the gun control bill, which passed with Republican support, cost $15 billion dollars. And that's the unvarnished truth. Now, are the House Republicans correct? Absolutely. I mean, the House Republicans have been pretty consistent. Their principle is when you run out of money, you don't get to spend anymore. And I agree with them. And I voted that way in the Senate. Well, there you go. So let's uh, let's see how we how it goes here, folks. We have to hope the Republicans hold their ground. Otherwise, what's the point of having a debt ceiling if you're going to continue to raise that ceiling? That's that's what I don't get. Um, this uh, story out of Atlanta, and this is a, a pretty serious story, uh, the Atlanta police could become targets of Antifa. Protesters there are calling for violence against police officers and law enforcement. This happened after a gun battle between a state trooper and and a member of Antifa left the Antifa due debt. One Twitter account is calling for a night of rage on Friday to enact reciprocal violence to be done to the police and their allies. And so they're calling for Antifa, now calling for their members to rise up and attack police officers. Unbelievable. So all you uh, folks out there, and we are big defenders of the police on this radio program, we do believe that blue lives matter. Uh, You folks, be careful out there. It's uh, getting ugly in Memphis, Tennessee as well. Uh, We understand now the FBI and the Civil Rights uh, Division of the Justice Department now involved in this this investigation into as many as five police officers um, going after a suspect who ran from them. The suspect uh, ended up in the hospital. Three days later, the suspect is dead. 
uh, the police department not saying anything. They are buttoning up on this one. People are demanding. This happened January 7th. They still haven't released the body cam footage. The city's on a powder keg right now. I mean, it's just terrible. And um, we're not getting clear answers from City Hall. The family of the dead guy says um, that that their son was beaten to death. And they, they list all these sorts of injuries, but nobody's giving any official information. So, unfortunately, you only have one side uh, that is advancing a narrative, and the media here in Memphis is picking it up, and they're just, they're re- the media here in Memphis, they're ready for their George Floyd moment. They want the riots and all that stuff in the streets. We don't want the riots in the streets. We already got enough problems in this town. That being said, uh, you police officers out there, you be careful, watch your back, and be safe. All right, stick around. Hour two coming up next. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. All right. We're about to jump into this Alec Baldwin story. Uh, what a mess that is. Uh, welcome to the Todd Starnes radio program. If you missed the first hour, uh, we had a caller. And the caller said, hey, wait a second. Obama issued an executive order that allowed the vice president to declassify documents. And that is true. But that's not the issue here. So I think we got the I think I I misunderstood the point the caller was trying to make here. So I feel terrible about that. But here on this radio program, when we make a mistake, we fess up. We, We hide. We hide from no one. But the issue here is, and that was the executive order, the Presidential Records Act says only the president is allowed to declassify documents. But the issue with Joe Biden is not whether or not the documents were declassified. They were not. They were classified documents in his home, in his think tank, which, quite frankly, had to be a very small place. But anyway, um, we still don't know if all of the classified documents have been have been secured. We, we just have no way of knowing that. The White House says they didn't keep a record of who was coming and going from the House in Wilmington, uh, Delaware. But the Secret Service says, oh, we know. We're always watching. So we'll see how all that plays out. But my apologies. Now on to Alec Baldwin. And I think we're going to make a lot of people mad here. Alec Baldwin has now been charged in connection to that horrible shooting tragedy on the set of that movie. Alec Baldwin is a despicable human being, just a detestable guy. Um, I mean, he's the guy that what called his own daughter, teenage daughter, a pig. What a sleazeball. But is he a killer? Is he a killer? Prosecutors plan to charge Alec Baldwin. This is from the Wall Street Journal that broke the story. They plan to charge Baldwin with involuntary manslaughter in connection to the shooting of a cinematographer on the set of the movie Rust. That happened back in 2021. Hannah Gutierrez-Reed is also going to be charged. Her job was to oversee the weapons used. This was um, a Western movie that was being filmed, and Baldwin had a gun. The charges are expected to be filed 
by the end of the month, Alec Baldwin faces up to five years in prison. The film's first assistant director, David Halls, has agreed to plead guilty to the charge of negligent use of a deadly weapon. That was a plea deal. Now, I I want to talk about an interesting part about all of this. Um, so what happened, Alec Baldwin basically fired a gun, a revolver, and hit 42-year-old Helena Hutchins. The film's director, Joel Sousa, was wounded. He survived. She did not. Now, I want to go back to exactly what happened when the, the moment that the gun was fired. There was, an assist, there was a safety coordinator on the set, and that safety coordinator is the one who handed the gun to Alec Baldwin during this rehearsal. So the safety coordinator's job is to make sure that there were no live rounds in in the gun. Something went terribly wrong. Mr. Baldwin and Ms. Gutierrez-Reed will be charged with two different counts of involuntary manslaughter. The second charge, involuntary manslaughter in the commission of a lawful act, includes a firearms enhancement that carries a mandatory five-year prison term. A jury could convict on just one of the two charges. The district attorney says no one is above the law. Everyone deserves justice. So here's how it here's how it all went down. And my question to you is, did Alec Baldwin do anything wrong here? According to the affidavits from the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office, Mr. Halls, took one of the three prop guns, laid out on a rolling cart, and handed it to Mr. Baldwin to film the scene. Mr. Halls yelled, cold gun. So what does that mean? So you're on the set, uh, the safety officer comes and gives the actor the gun, and then yells, cold gun. That means the firearm has been checked, and there were no live rounds. So as soon as the guy yelled, cold gun, Alec Baldwin took the gun and fired it. So the question is, and again, it, I, you know, if you're out, if you're not on a movie set, you you are going to check to see if you've got a gun. You're going to check to see if there are any live rounds in the gun. You'll take precautions. Well, it looks to me like somebody just didn't do their job. But was it Alec Baldwin? Was it his job at that point to say, "I don't believe you"? So Baldwin took the gun and he fired it. Investigators have also questioned Gutierrez-Reed's actions as the person in charge of guns and ammo on the set. So I know everybody wants to send Alec Baldwin to prison, and I think the reason why is they, he's just a horrible human being. But is he a killer? I, I, know, I don't know. Is what Alec Baldwin did by shooting the gun after he was told this is a secure weapon, that there are no live rounds in the gun, Mr. Baldwin in an interview has denied pulling the trigger on the gun. Well, that's not true because everybody knows he pulled the trigger. By the way, I was reading one headline and that said that um, the gun – somebody pointed the gun and it fired. No, the gun doesn't fire itself. Somebody has to pull a trigger. And that person was Alec Baldwin. Quote, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull the trigger at them. Never, Baldwin said in the interview. Someone put a live bullet in a gun. 
a bullet that wasn't even supposed to be on the property. Baldwin said he pulled back the gun's hammer and let it go, after which the gun fired. Look, the reality here is that he he had the gun and he fired the gun. Should he go to jail for five years before because of that? 844-747-8868. I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on this. 844-747-8868. They're making Alec Baldwin out to be more responsible than the guy whose job it was to make sure there were no live rounds in the gun on the set of the movie. In October, Mr. Baldwin uh, filed a lawsuit against the the production company, and um, we understand Mr. Baldwin also reached a settlement with the family of Miss Hutchins that they filed a wrongful death suit. What a mess. An attorney for, and and this is what's really interesting, so now uh, Miss Gutierrez-Reed has turned on Alec Baldwin and says he is the only person on that movie set who was responsible for the death of that of that woman and the wounding of the director. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Should we, did he, did, did Alec Baldwin do something wrong? And if so, does he deserve five years in prison? 844-747-8868. We're going to be taking your calls on this. Let's go to Greg in Oregon on KYKN. Greg, I'm fascinated by this story. It's a terrible tragedy. But what, what about Alec Baldwin here? Okay. Well, there's, there's two things. One thing in basic gun safety that every 12-year-old used to be taught is you always check the weapon. No matter if somebody hands it to you and tells it it's empty, you never accept that. You open it up, you check for yourself. Second of all, um, I can give you a couple examples to where there were accidental shootings. Uh, give me one. Give me out. one. Yeah. I'll give you one. It was two brothers. Uh, up here in Portland, and one brother was wanting to show uh, his brother the new revolver that he got, and and he, and so he was really excited to show it to him. And he says, "But there, you know, there's something wrong with it." And he says, uh, "It's not, it's not loaded." So he hands it to his brother. The brother fumbling, fumbling around with it. Gee, guess what? It was loaded. The gun goes off. Kill the one brother, kills the other brother. Totally accidental, doesn't make any difference. That brother still went to jail. And so it doesn't make any difference whether it was an accident or not. You were handling that weapon, and that's, it's just about that cut and dried. No, and it, and you know what, Greg? It may be that cut and dry, I, but and I completely get what you're saying here. And if I had been on that set, I would have, I would have looked at the weapon, but I would have, I would have just known to have done that. If you're someone like an a movie star that doesn't typically handle these weapons, and you've got the safety director handing you the gun and saying this is a, this gun does not have any live ammo, and then the guy fires it, yeah. So the the question is, who is more responsible here? Is it the person who is supposed to uh, make sure the gun was safe, or is it the actor who fired the weapon on the set? It's it's the actor that fired the weapon on the set because. Uh, I kind of disagree with you there. He's been in a lot of movies. He's handled a lot of weapons before, and so that's just basic. Uh, that's just basic gun safety. Well, it and, is basic uh, gun safety. Yeah, you're right it about that. It, it, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't excuse him. If you're gonna, if you're gonna um, let him off the hook because well, they told me it was unloaded. 
Well, the same would have gone for these other people who have accidentally shot others who was said, well, they told me it was unloaded and it didn't do them any good. Uh, they still went to jail. All right, Greg, uh, you are, you're saying send the guy to jail. Uh, let's go to Alex in Georgia. Alex, what say you? Well, the one thing, hey, Todd, um, one thing I had, I don't understand about all this is was the woman that got killed part of a scene being shot. That's what I don't understand. Why? I mean, we own guns in our household, and no one in our household would pick up a gun, whether it was handed to us or not, and point it at someone else in the house and pull the trigger. Alex, so if we, I may be, I may be off here. Um, I believe he they were giving him instructions on where to fire the weapon, and it was you know off camera giving directions and and fire in this direction, and that direction happened to be the. Um, the the uh, the director and this other individual who ended up getting shot and killed. So she pointed the so he pointed the gun at her and pulled the trigger. Yes. Okay. Well, there there it is. That's uh, and if it was loaded and killed her, well, I, that you know he's got to suffer those consequences. I, I find it interesting, and again, I think there's a. I mean, look, if it had been Betty White out there and this had happened and she was the one pulling the trigger, I think people would probably have a different take on this as opposed to throw the book at Alec Baldwin. But it just seems to me that the person responsible for making sure the gun was not loaded had the greater responsibility here. And I understand I understand what the caller from Oregon said. In any other setting, you have that personal responsibility. I would have checked, but I don't know. If Alec Baldwin's not handling guns on a pretty regular basis, maybe he wouldn't have known to check. Well... If if my son handed me a gun and said, here you go, Dad, it's unloaded, and I said, okay, and I turned around and pointed at him and pulled the trigger and shot him. True. That That's uh that's just not going to – that excuse isn't going to work. I, you know what, Al, I, I completely get it. I, I do. And, and that may be what the Santa Fe Sheriff's Department actually came up with and said, you know what – he's the it doesn't matter he should have stopped the scene he should have looked for himself just like i heard one of your callers say earlier when he goes to a gun store he goes to a gun shop which i've done many times but if you say can i look at that gun they'll take it and then clear it and hand it to you will you do it again you don't uh you know you just and you're not uh putting down the person that did it or anything they don't feel that they respect you for that mm-hmm. so that's what he should have done Check fair enough himself. And so, uh, anyway, that's all I had to say. Alex, look, it's a great thought. Appreciate that call. we got to take a break. We're, we're going right back to the phone lines. A lot of you folks wanting to weigh in on this. 844-747-8868. Does Alec Baldwin deserve to go to jail? Five years, uh, at least, if he's convicted. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us today. Let's let's go to the phones, full lines. So keep dialing, and uh, we'll get you we'll get you on the program today. Uh, let's go to Scott in Conway, Arkansas, uh, listening to us on KWAM, our flagship radio station. Hi, Scott. I understand you have a different take on all of this. Hey, John. How you doing? Haven't uh, talked to you in a while. Hope you're good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I do have a little bit different take. As a gun owner myself, um, the first thing I would do, and you would do it, just like you said, we would check the gun. 
Of course we would. It was what we would do. Number one, he's not going to jail. Okay, we know that. Uh, I would think that they probably charged, did this charge to appease the family with no intentions of sending him to jail. Uh, the person responsible is the one who was in charge of checking that weapon for him. Okay, I don't believe, I've, there's, I know there's stories of those people that have shot someone by accident and they didn't go to jail. So I can't see why he's responsible for, for that. As much as I don't like him, I can't see where he's responsible, and I don't think he'll end up in prison. Yeah, I I don't know. It's uh, they're after they're after somebody's scalp here, and what what strikes me as interesting is the guy that was literally responsible. His one job on the set was to make sure that there were no live rounds in that gun. He gets off, but they're going after Baldwin for pulling the trigger. Yeah, I, 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 he's not going to prison. He's not going to prison. All right. It won't happen. won't happen. Scott, Thanks, all right, good thought. Uh, let's go to Michael in North Carolina. All right, Michael, what say you? Well, you know, uh, I don't know if you remember back in the All right, let's put Michael on hold. Uh, yeah, we got a bad phone connection there. Uh, let's go to Ed in Maine, WLOB. All right, Ed, you're on the air. Yeah, Todd, long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you. Welcome, sir. Hey, uh, I'd like to touch on a couple of things. Number one, Alec Baldwin keeps claiming he never pulled the trigger, and I know you keep reiterating what he said, but you do not have to pull the trigger to fire a round. You can squeeze the trigger and fire a round, or if you have a double-action revolver, you can simply pull the hammer back and let it go. You've seen that in old westerns where they hold the you know, hold the uh, handgun with one hand oh, sure. and take their left hand, and that's a double-action revolver, and you can fire off around that way. So I think Alec Baldwin is trying to act a little bit like the village idiot, like he doesn't know what he's doing, and he didn't touch the trigger. But uh, Alec Baldwin has been around handguns long enough to know uh, that, you know, you don't have to squeeze the trigger to fire around. Point number one. Point number two, I do not care if Jesus Christ himself handed me a gun and told me to fire it at somebody. I would look it all over, and even then I don't think I would fire it. Even if it didn't have any rounds in it, I would not aim it at somebody and squeeze the trigger. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's too risky, too risky. And and again, uh, the question, and, and Alec Baldwin, it's really what he told police. Uh, if he lied to the police, well, you know what? There are charges for that as, as well. But ultimately, I don't know here. And I'd appreciate the call. We're, we're running up against a, a break. I will say this just to give you some, some more understanding of how this went down. Uh, they're saying that Baldwin was practicing how to draw a revolver and point it at the camera. That was the whole point of all of that, and that's when um, that's when the uh, the gunfire started. All right, got to take a break here, folks. Eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line this afternoon. 
Our friend from the great state of Montana, Big Sky Country, Congressman Matt Rosendale joins us. Congressman, hope you're doing good today. The treasure state, the treasure state, mining, minerals, timber, and our children. That's our treasures. And the home of Yellowstone, but that's a conversation for another day. Great TV show. Yeah, that's for somebody else. Uh, <laughs> Congressman, uh, we have been following for the past couple of weeks the um, the conversation surrounding the debt ceiling. Uh, this is so vitally important for the health of our nation, for our children and our grandchildren. And my question is, are we going to be able to hold the line here? Will Republicans hold the line in the House of Representatives? I think that you're going to see more people that are willing to um, stand up and address this fiscal situation than, than we saw standing up to try and address the uh, broken rules package in the uh, House of Representatives. We had a limited few, as you well know, that stood up on, to try and, and reform and restore regular order in the House. But I believe, um, I really do, that there's a lot of folks that will participate in, in pushing back against this irresponsible spending. Uh, Todd, I'll, I'll tell you, if we if we cannot uh, bring meaningful, and I mean that, meaningful reductions in spending uh, as part of the increase in the debt ceiling, then I certainly am not going to support increasing the debt ceiling. And I think there's going to be many others that, that will refuse to do so. And, of course, the speaker has to do this. Uh, thanks to the hard work, work of yourself and those brave 20 other uh, individuals who stood up and said, we've got to have some uh, guarantees here. Concessions have to be made. Rules have to be changed. And we expect for the Speaker of the House to stand firm on this issue. Yeah, and, and we could we knew that the debt ceiling and, quite frankly, uh, once the omnibus, you know, all that money runs out and we are developing the budget, we'll be putting forward a, a, a true budget. Uh, for the 118th Congress, which hasn't been done for, I think, the last two Congresses, uh, that that battle's going to rage in August and September is when I'm anticipating that. And that's where we should be able to start tying true agenda items that, that are very important to everybody across the country as far as securing our southern border, as far as increasing our domestic energy production. That will have to be tied to the budget process in august and september we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of different bills get passed here over the next few months that show where we are you know we want to defund the eighty-seven thousand uh irs agents that, that are going to be conducting surveillance on uh regular americans across the, the nation that happen to be on the more conservative side i'm sorry that's that's what we're anticipating and we we passed the legislation to defund that but until we can attach it to the budget in august and september it, it certainly is probably going to go over to the senate and die we can talk about it we can say this is what what our intent is going forward but that's what we're, the meat is going to be on the bones now the debt ceiling that is our opportunity to say we're not going to increase the debt we're not going to increase this national debt it's over 31 trillion dollars uh, unless we can have the substantive reductions in spending. And, and people say, well, where where can we go? Todd, it, it's fertile ground for Pete's sake. There are so many places where the federal government is spending money that is unjustifiable. Uh, people say, oh my gosh, we're, we're not going to have enough money to, to fund the military. Yeah, we are. You know something? If you pull all of the new Green Deal provisions and all of the 
sensitivity training and gender ID provisions out of the National Defense Act and reallocate those funds, we're going to have plenty for the United States military. And, and then they will be able to focus their attention on being the most effective fighting force in the world instead of having all these other distractions. Yeah, I'm with you. I, as a matter of fact, I volunteered. I will come up to D.C. on my own time, got my uh, red magic marker, and I'm happy to go through, and I guarantee you we'll be able to find enough savings in that uh, massive spending mess up there. Uh, look, I'm compiling a list right now. What was that movie back when? And they and they replaced the president, and uh, it was like the president's wife wanted some program, and he said, well, let's you know find the money. And oh, it was Dave. Up, Remember that? Dave. Dave. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, that's it. Don't doesn't tell me days. I'm bringing. I'm bringing the pan out. We're going to flash it. I I love it. And, and again, the whole point is we have to do this in our homes every single month. We gotta we gotta lay out our budget. This is what we can spend. This is what we can't. This is what we can't afford. And we need to live our lives and we conduct our lives accordingly. And the federal government should the, should do the exact same thing. There is not a banker in this country that if they had a client that was continuing to increase their debt at the rate that our federal government does, that they wouldn't foreclose on them and, and say, sorry, we're cutting you off and we're foreclosing. There's not a banker in the country that wouldn't, wouldn't take that action. But yet, we have no, we have no um, of, of ceilings. They continue to increase that. There is no balanced budget amendment. We're going to be bringing forward a balanced budget amendment. It's going to be on the House floor here over the whatever next 90, 120 days. We're going to bring a, a term limit resolution to the House floor so that we can have these discussions about people that are too entrenched into a system and they're more concerned about returning back to uh, Congress. They're worried about the next election more than they are the, the next generation. Congressman, real quick before we let you go, a lot of people have been um, screaming this is going to be the apocalypse, uh, the, the economy is going to fall apart, it's it's going to collapse globally. Uh, what do you tell the American people when they hear these reports on the news? I, look, I, I can't, I cannot project the uh, the future when it comes to those things. I try to live my my life in, in such a style that if the the economy does take a really hard hit, that I don't. I don't live in peaks and valleys. I try to just sort of chug along, and and I, you know, recommend everyone do the same. It's hard to plan for a, a bad, severe downturn, Todd, when you're living paycheck to paycheck. It's difficult, and I understand that. And so I think that it's 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 critically important for people to to conserve where they can and to try to prepare the best that they can. No different than when you have a storm event, right? You want to make sure that you have. Some, some extra bottles of water in the house. You want to make sure you have some extra canned goods in the house. Well, when if you're threatened with an economic downturn, you, individuals can only do so much. Families can only do so much, but they need to do what they can. Well said. All right, Congressman, uh, we got to let you get back to it. We really appreciate your great work. Thank you for having me on. It's always good to help spread the message. All right, Congressman Matt Rosenthal from the great state of Montana on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. 844-747-8868. Do you, do you want your elected leaders to hold that line? Do not raise the debt ceiling. 844-747-8868. We're going to your calls next.
All right, let's go to the phones. I want to talk to Robert in North Carolina, WHKP, our great, great affiliate there. Hey, Robert, what's going on? Well, Todd, how are you today? Uh, well, thank you for asking, sir. Um, the thing I wanted to comment on is the Alec Baldwin shooting, you know, incident. Uh, you know, back in the 93 or so, Brandon Lee, he was in a movie called The Crow, and you know, he kind of went out the same way. You know, somebody didn't check the weapon right. And my dad always said, Todd, you don't point a gun to anything you don't intend to shoot. And you always check the chambers before you clean a gun. You know, that's, a, that's just rules that was laid down to old Southern boys like us, you know. That's and that's the, the that's the way I was raised, Robert. Um, and my dad mm-hmm. liked to go hunting. Not he was not a, an active hunter, but when he did, you know, it was just something we were all raised and trained. Uh, so it, yeah. it may be. You know, we love squirrels and rabbits, you know, and uh, you know, and I enjoy getting in the woods and having a good time. But you also have to be very responsible with a gun. You you know, Robert, yeah, even a toy. I go back even to Brandon Lee, uh, the Brandon Lee story. And, of course, Brandon Lee was mm. the son of Bruce Lee, who's the great martial artist mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. And mm-hmm. um, he was shot on the set of this film, as you said, and shot in the abdomen, and uh, he did not survive. Uh, they were filming mm-hmm. in Wilmington, North Carolina. And there were consider they considered filing charges, uh, negligent homicide charges, if I recall correctly, against the actual production company, not the individual no, who you're was exactly right. I, yeah, you're exactly right. So, so, and so again, at the in the aftermath of all of that, they had a big talk, a big discussion on gun safety, weapon safety on the sets of all of these Hollywood films and TV shows, and everybody was really serious about it. Uh, and then that just sort of fizzled. And there was another guy, a John Eric, oh gosh, I forget his last name. He was sort of like the up-and-coming Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was actually on the set of a movie and was playing Russian roulette with one of the the stage pistols and ended up blowing his brains out right there on the set in front of everybody. Yeah, I remember when that Hexum is the guy's name, John Eric Hexum. That is something. I I did not think of that one, but you're right. I remember when that happened, too. You know, it really does. It pays for somebody to go out there on the set before the the scenes even shot, Todd, and really check those guns out. You know, that's it, and Robert. Somebody very responsible. Yep. Appreciate the call. Thank you for listening. Let's go to Bill in Connecticut. All right, Bill, what's on your mind? Hey, Todd. You're doing good today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking, Bill. Appreciate you watching us on the Rumble. Oh, yeah. I wanted to get your take on some of the outrageous controls being put on citizens these days, the gas stoves being one. And someone earlier mentioned the, the coffee makers. But, you know, I read something recently that I believe is even more concerning, and I think it'll be concerning both you and I. I'm all ears. Oh, they're talking about making it illegal to drink your own piss. Okay. Uh, yeah, enough of you, pal. Did we get this guy? All right. Guys who likes to uh, do really inappropriate things in the basement of his parents' home. We get these callers every now and again, uh, and it's really unfortunate. But, um, you know, they like to look at uh, websites they shouldn't, and they call talk radio shows and act like idiots. Uh, let's go to Ernie on the talk station. Hey, Ernie, what's up? 
Todd, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry about your last caller. Uh, you know, we have a we have a great dump button. So uh, unfortunately, if you're on yeah. hold, you hear that nonsense. But I think the general public is safe. <laughs> right. Oh God. <laughs> Listen, Todd. Uh, on the Baldwin thing, I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning in your corner. Um, Baldwin, he's not trained in firearms. And I have no idea about the protocol uh, in the movie industry. And the big question I have is, why do they even have functional firearms with all the all the technology? I always thought that, that movie guns were fake well yes um in some instances yes uh but and, why, and there's why? there's been a big conversation about whether or not and this is this is sort of weird but there's actually a conversation about banning all firearms from the sets of movies and then going back in post-production and and, and using digital you know whatever they can with the graphics to actually create digital weapons for the actors to use Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I, I agree with that 100%. And uh, there aren't many people that despise Baldwin like I do. But uh, I don't think he deserves a punishment. Well, I and really that's, the, that's the question. And you know, going back to the Brandon Lee story, which is, it's a very similar thing. You had a movie set. Uh, they thought the they they thought the uh, that it was um, there were no rounds in the weapon. They fired it. Um, and they could have charged the guy, but they, they could have charged a production company. But the district attorney at the time said, hey, look, you know, we didn't think there was any criminal intent here. And, and I think that is the, the other part of this question. Was there criminal intent? Did Alec Baldwin mean to go out there and shoot those two people? I don't think he yeah, did. I don't he, Maybe he did, but I don't no. think he did. No, he absolutely didn't. And, Todd, I had I had firearm safety training in the Air Force, and, and and I've had additional training. And we all know about never take someone's word about a loaded gun. Why are these guns functional? That's my big question. Great question. Why are they real? Why are they real guns on a on a movie product? Movies make believe anyway. Why have a real gun on a make believe uh, venue? Well, you know. By the way, did anybody ever get shot like that on a John Wayne set? <laughs> They've had more guns than the military on those. I don't think anybody well, ever. I, I, I look. I didn't think no. this was irresponsibility. Is, is the bottom line here uh, on 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 a lot of people's part? But I'm not ready to put Baldwin in jail as much as I don't like him. Well, I think the person who needs to be in jail is the person whose job it was to make sure that the gun was not loaded i mean when you're okay that's your job and and baldwin to his point should not have trusted that he should have looked for himself common sense well yes sir given given that that's the protocol in hollywood uh i don't know much about hollywood all i know is uh, you never point a gun at a person and ever whether it's loaded or not that's all I, that, well said that that's that has been my credo for my whole life ernie great credo thanks for the call let's go to charles north carolina wants to weigh in on the national debt all right charles do they raise it or do they do they just hold their ground here Todd, they hold they hold their ground here i'll tell you why i know there's a lot of people are hyperventilating over if we don't raise the debt limit we're going to go bankrupt we're going to default on the debt the sky's going to fall and the economy's going to crash and that's just not the case 
Right now, uh, there's about four and a half trillion dollars coming in in revenue uh, to the federal government every year through taxes, tariffs, and all sources. What you do is you pay the face amount of the bonds. Uh, you pay the interest on the national debt, so no one is left uh, holding the bag. No one's, def- you know, there's no default. Everything's paid. Then uh, I say, you know, you pay Social Security, you pay Medicare, and then after that, uh, we need to act like, uh, you know, a bank at the, uh, the creditors' table. You're going to have to start prioritizing, and you're going to have to start having some massive spending cuts somewhere. But if we don't do it now and kick the can down the road, it's just going to get worse. But, no, they need to hold the line here. And doing so, they'll also nullify uh, most of that $1.7 trillion omnibus bill. And uh, we just can't continue to go into debt. That's, that's the bottom line, Todd. No, we can't. And we keep kicking that can down the road. I say it's time to start kicking the can. Pick it up and deal with it and start cutting. And I'm tired of seeing my money used to support all of this woke nonsense, critical race theory, the gender, sex revolutionaries, defund all of them. That's what I say. We got to run here, Charles. Appreciate the call. Uh, we're coming up on the uh, the top of the hour break. Hang tight. Uh, we've got Congressman James Comer coming up in the next hour. Also, our good friend Charles Thorngren. And uh, we love Charles uh, with Legacy Precious Metals. He, is, he comes on about once a month or so. And just help steer us in the right direction when it comes to uh, preparing for retirement, or maybe you're already retired and you're concerned about the stock market, you're concerned about all this stuff with the debt ceiling, and uh, we're going to talk to Charles. He's going to give us the lowdown on what we need to do uh, as far as protecting our retirement funds, and he'll be taking your questions as well. So if you got a question uh, with retirement, uh, go ahead and write it down and uh, call in a little bit later on in the next hour. 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us, that's right, I love this American And hello everybody, welcome to Hour 3 of the Big Show. Happy to have you with us today. ToddStarnes.com is our great website, run by Caleb Park, the best managing editor in the free world. Wow, we got a lot going on uh, this hour. Charles Thorngren from Legacy Precious Metals is going to drop by. If you have any questions about gold, silver, how to how to switch things over from your retirement accounts, Charles is going to take your calls. He's just a great guy and a great resource and a friend of this program. Uh, he's going to be here. Also, Congressman James Comer, we're expecting him in just a few moments want to thank Jane from Cedar Grove, New Jersey, one of our great listeners. And Jane must know that I read a lot of books, and I, I, I've got a lot of books. And always looking for clever bookends, and um, she actually sent me a couple of bookends that actually look like 
radio headphones that you would use and that we use here in the radio studio. And if you watch us on Rumble or Getter, uh, you uh, you get to see what we do uh, here in the studio. So, Jane, thank you so much. Uh, that's incredibly kind of you. We had a, another gentleman yesterday, uh, Mr. Love is his name, actually, and uh, brought us by, brought the whole staff by barbecued ham sandwiches. And boy, were those delicious. And fried apple pies or peach pies. And those looked delicious. Unfortunately, I um I waited a little bit too long. And if you wait along if you wait if you wait around here, if you dilly or dally, you're not going to get a fried peach pie. I want to ask you a question here, folks, and uh, we are dealing with a very serious situation in Memphis. And I know we have a lot of Memphis listeners on our flagship station, KWAM. The uh, police are in, involved in a, a really horrible situation here. Uh, back on January the 7th, a man was pulled over. We do not know why, uh, but he was pulled over, and there was some sort of a confrontation between this man. His name is Tyree Nichols and the police. Uh, we're being told as many as five police officers may have been involved in this altercation, whatever it was. And then, according to the police report, which, by the way, they have not released to the public, so the police, they're just telling us this information, they said that the guy took off and ran. So police gave chase, and there was another confrontation. The guy complained of chest pain, and and then, three days later, he dies in the hospital. Well, of course, the family is distraught. They say this is a good, decent kid. We cannot find any sort of criminal record. And the family says he's not hasn't been in trouble with the law, and we haven't been able to find any evidence to suggest otherwise. And they posted photographs of their loved one from the hospital bed. And I I don't know. Um, we've, we've got the pictures on our website. I was taken aback because it looked like the guy had been hit by a truck. Now, the police have been tight-lipped. They say that the state investigators are involved, and that's why they can't release the body cam footage. I find that very hard to believe because in any other city, normally the body cam footage is released within hours of some sort of a controversial incident. And in this city, which is already a powder keg because of the progressive Democrats who control this city, they hate the police, they love criminals, and they coddle the criminals. But again, there's no evidence this guy committed any sort of crime, aside from running from the police. So anyway, uh, now the, the civil rights people are getting involved, the NAACP. Interesting thing about the NAACP, they, they never comment, they never ask for prayers, they are never righteously indignant when the thugs are attacking the police. And yesterday, um, a thug rammed into a police officer, sending that officer to the hospital. There, was, there were no thoughts and prayers coming from the NAACP on that. I have a theory as to why. But anyway, that's a story for another day. So now the uh, word came out yesterday, the FBI and the Justice Department, the Civil Rights Division, are getting involved. Now, it's my understanding that all the officers involved are minority, but I, I have no way of independently verifying that information. Because, again, the police will not say anything, and they refuse to share anything on background, and they want to have nothing to do with the media, including conservative media. And and we are as pro-police or pro -police as they come. But their communication is very problematic here. They had the mayor on local TV saying, my attorneys told me to keep my mouth shut. Okay, well, that doesn't exactly exude confidence. So they're promising to release the body cam video. I've heard reports, again, unconfirmed reports, that is pretty horrific. 
whatever that video is going to show, and people are getting very nervous around this town. I will say this, it just seems to me that the best scenario is to release it. If it's as bad as you say it is, you release the video, you acknowledge what it is, and then you punish whoever needs to be punished. Or, again, because we don't know the facts yet, this our government leaders are allowing this to fester, to simmer. Only one side is getting on a narrative. But quite frankly, that may be the right narrative. We just don't know. Or it could be that this guy did something to the police, the police reacted, and when you do that, in my estimation, if you're a criminal and you attack the police, you got what's coming to you. But the guy's dead. The family wants answers, and I think they're deserving of that. Again, the guy hasn't. We haven't been able to find any sort of criminal record, and the police department is just they're they're, they're circling the wagons, and they don't need to. They need to be reaching out and explaining things, and at least preparing local media. You've got the Fox TV affiliate here in Memphis literally running stories accusing the police of being killers. Once again, in Memphis, and I don't know what it's like in your neighborhood, but most of the most of the news agencies are controlled by either idiots or leftists, by and large. I don't want to paint with a broad brush. So anyway, I, I had two questions, and I posted this. We've got a, uh, if you're listening to us in the Memphis area, really wherever, there's a Stop Memphis Crime group. It's called Stop Memphis Crime. And I posted a question yesterday. I said, why did Tyree Nichols run from the police, and what did police do once they caught him? Two questions that should be easy enough to answer. And then I wrote that City Hall is playing with a powder keg. And someone responded to me, an African-American lady, and she says, I don't think anyone of lighter skin complexion should ask the question, why run from the police, and then state it only makes it worse afterwards. How many lighter skinned people have you seen run from police during parties, grand thefts, literally anything, and they got treated worse compared to darker skinned people simply walking away from pools or a confrontation on their street they had nothing to do with or a game? Who does it make it worse for? Because you honestly cannot say everyone has an answer. It will always be a percentage. That's just the truth, whether we like it or not. But I say this to say that it's almost impossible to truly comprehend the fear of dying beyond just behind just trying to answer a question. Talking about the anxiety of not knowing whether to speak or move your hand or not. For some people, largely darker skinned, it can even be compared to standing in front of a deadly animal the decision to run. Do you stand still or do you run from it? Really, is that seriously? Is that what you're thinking when you're standing in front of a police officer? I find that very hard to believe. 844-747-8868. I'm curious, should the police release this body cam footage, let people see what happened at that traffic stop? 844-747-8868. 8868. That is our telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, folks, welcome back to the Todd Stern's radio program. Glad to have you with us today. Uh, Let's go right now to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Good to have with us the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, Congressman James Comer. Congressman, great to have you with us today. Great to be back. 
You know, Congressman, uh, the, the the debt ceiling debate uh, is pretty uh, is uh, it's pretty loud uh, right now in the media. People are warning of an economic apocalypse. Uh, how do you think this is going to go? Do you believe the Republicans are going to be able to hold the line in the House? Well, I think an overwhelming majority of Republicans in the House are serious about spending cuts. I mean, somebody has to be the adult in the room and say we cannot continue down this road of deficit spending. We can't continue to spend over a trillion dollars a year more than we take in uh, because of the inflation, which happened, by the way, because of excessive government spending. Our debt service is now going to be a significant percentage of our budget because we owe so much money. Uh, Somebody is going to have to get serious about spending cuts. And I think the Republicans in the House, the majority of us, 200 plus, are going to stick together on that and say, look, we'll go along with increasing the debt limit only because the the bills are due and you've already, you know, there's really no other option here. If you promise meaningful spending cuts, and if they're unwilling to do that, then uh, then we're going to have a problem. But, you know, all these politicians, even Democrats, run for office and say, we're going to make government live within its means. And then they get to Washington and they continue to spend and spend and spend, and that's what unites Democrats. That's why Democrats didn't have, didn't take six days to elect a speaker because what keeps them happy? Spending money, spending taxpayer money. If you if you're unhappy with Nancy Pelosi, we'll we'll give you more earmarks. We'll give you more social programs. We'll increase food stamps. You know whatever you need, we'll do it because who cares? It's not our money, and and you know that day has come to where somebody's got to stand up for the American people and say, we've got to live within our means. And that's what Republicans in the House are are willing to do on the debt ceiling. Congressman, I want to read something uh, that Fox News chief political analyst Britt Hume uh, said about you. Uh, He says that you run the risk of overstating the investigations that your committee is going to be conducting into Joe Biden. How do you respond to uh, Britt Hume over at Fox? Well, I I like Britt Hume. I've never met him, but I've watched him over the years and I agree that that could be a problem, but what he was referring to is the fact I've been on Fox a lot lately, and I think we're seeing a return on that investment because if you look at in the last 48 hours, CNN and CBS have been just as hard on the Biden administration over the the, the things that I'm talking about, the, the anonymous donations to the Biden Center for Diplomacy from China over the mishandling of the classified documents and the fact that Hunter Biden lived there a year and a half and all the national security risks that that, uh, he possesses. So I think that getting the message out that this is very serious and there's a reason we're investigating Joe Biden is because we believe that the adversaries around the world are adversaries around the world who have given the Biden family millions of dollars through the Biden Center for Diplomacy, through Hunter's shady business dealings, through Hunter's artwork. They're not doing this out of the goodness of their heart. They want to return on their investment. And you know, what exactly is Hunter Biden doing to justify all of this money? What exactly is Joe Biden doing to justify all this money that China keeps sending their way? And, you know, it needs to be looked into. At the very least, it needs to be looked into. So we're, uh, you know, I I wish he hadn't said it, but I think that it's important that the message be delivered that 
that, look, this is very serious. There's just too much money that's changed hands from China to the Bidens for them not to expect anything in return. And we need to make sure that there was nothing in those documents that would be of, of value. Of the most concerning to me is what was in there pertaining to Ukraine, because that's a whole other issue that uh, of liability that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden has with with respect to that shady business deal with Burisma in Ukraine. And the challenge here is, in my response to Britt, who, you know, I, I we were colleagues for a number of years, uh, there's a lot to investigate around around the Biden crime syndicate. So I want to ask yeah, you about... You know, yeah, and, go ahead. And, 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 well, remember, no one's investigated Joe Biden for the first two years of his presidency. They've spent all this foreign aid. They've sent all this money to Ukraine. They've spent all this COVID money, all this stimulus money, and there hasn't been a single hearing in the House or Senate to see if there was any... Waste. Now, you think there wasn't waste with the unemployment insurance extensions they kept doing? You think there wasn't waste with the money they sent to all the school systems in America that was supposed to go to uh, make the schools safer from COVID-19? I don't think they spent hardly a penny on COVID-19. It was just more money, more taxpayer money, deficit spending that these government agencies spent, and they thought, well, nobody cares. You know, nobody's... uh, providing a check and balance, we'll just spend it any way we want. That that changed when the Republicans took over the House, and, and they're just going to have to get used to the Democrats in this administration to having oversight. So so not only do we have normal oversight, we're two years behind in oversight. Congressman, I'm, I'm curious to get your take on the visitor's log. The White House says no visitor's log, didn't keep one. We don't know who was coming and going uh, in, the, in, in Wilmington. Secret Service, according to Fox, says, oh, we know. We kept a record. They say they're more than willing to, to, to provide that information. Ha, has anyone in your committee reached out to the Secret Service? We are in the process of doing that now. Uh, it looks like the White House is playing a, a game of words with us. You know, when they say there were no official visitor logs, well, you know, the Secret Service had notes, they had correspondence, they had something, because you know, what, what the White House tried to imply was, well, Joe Biden didn't have Secret Service protection when he was a private citizen. That's not true. When he became a candidate for president, he had Secret Service, and he had Secret Service for several months after he was vice president. So they haven't been truthful about any records of who was in and out of that house. We know the Secret Service vetted people. Joe Biden spent the whole campaign in the basement of that house, which was smart on his part, right? He didn't have to, you know, go in front of the people and answer questions and look like he probably wasn't up to the job and things like that. So there are a lot of people that were in and out of that house that were around those documents. And then, you know, I'm not buying the whole story that when Joe Biden moved out of the vice president's office, that they took some documents and took them to the Biden Center for Diplomacy, and then they took some documents and put them in the garage at his house. You know, it, it, you would believe that there's a real possibility that all the documents were sent to the Biden Center right. for Diplomacy, and then somebody took some boxes with them to the house and stuck them in the garage after they were looking through them. I mean, that's what you would assume that's what we're trying to find out and we want to know not only who had access to that house but did someone move those documents which more than likely they did congressman i've got about 30 seconds here i'm curious have any democrats any members of the biden administration have they reached out independently to you or your committee to offer any sort of um tips 
No one in the administration has, but there are a lot of people with the FBI. We're starting to see people from other government agencies, and I think you're seeing an example of this with the Secret Service. They're pretty frustrated that this administration's not being truthful, and they don't want to get you know, pinned with the blame for some of this wrongdoing. So I think there's there's something positive happening here. I think you're going to start seeing people from the National Archives, people from the FBI, people from the Secret Service step up and offer to assist the Oversight Committee with our investigations. All right. Good stuff. Well, Congressman, appreciate your great work, and I know we'll get you back very soon. Appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks for having me. All right, Congressman James Comer, and you heard it, folks. Uh, they are now in touch with the Secret Service over that official, unofficial White House visitors list from Wilmington. All right, uh, coming up, Charles Thorngren, you have a question about retirement. Give us a holler. Charles is going to answer your questions. Comes on once a month to do this. It's a great conversation. 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. We'll be right back. All right, folks, good to have you back with us. A little bit of breaking news from Washington, D.C. So remember that somebody over at the Supreme Court leaked a draft opinion of Dobbs uh, written by Justice Alito, Sam Alito. They launched an investigation to figure out who did it, who leaked it. And uh, the Supreme Court now has uh, announced that after a lengthy investigation, they have determined that they can't figure out who leaked it. So they don't know who did it or how they did it. Are you buying any of this? 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Uh, always, always a pleasure to have our good friend, the Chief Executive Officer at Legacy Precious Metals, Charles Thorngren, join us. Hey, Charles, how's it going today? Uh, doing great today. How about yourself? Charles, doing well. A uh, lot of frustration hand-wringing uh, over on Capitol Hill as lawmakers try to figure out what to do with the debt ceiling. And uh, as we've been pointing out, you and I have to balance our budgets in our personal households. It seems to me the federal government should be able to do the same. I can't disagree with you um, any less than that. It's... Um it's a shame that we, the greatest nation on the earth, with some of the best prosperity, can't figure out how to pay our bills. And it's, and it's not like it's a trivial, trivial amount, too. I mean, we are talking about the, the debt ceiling right now is um, $31.4 trillion. So, so it's not like it's a, a small amount of money we're talking about here. And unfortunately, too, I, I mean, the process that we're looking at right now, and, and, and I hate to say this, but... All you civil servants, your retirement account now is going to be borrowed against to pay for this balance. So you've taken a job, you're working for the government, um, you're probably not getting the most amount of money you could get because you decided to go for the benefits and the security of a federal job. But now we're putting the onus of our debt on you. Uh, And that's probably not something you should be bearing. It doesn't make sense. But here we are. 
And and here we are where inflation is really causing big problems for folks. Uh, I was talking to a lady, uh, she's retired, and uh, she sent us a note saying, hey, I'm paying almost $6 for a dozen eggs. Uh, you know, this is really eating into my retirement accounts. And I, I think I go back to, to something that, that you've been preaching from day one. It is so vitally important to, to, to use gold and silver to, re, to protect your retirement nest egg. Absolutely. And, and, you know, if you look at what gold and silver has done since we've been talking about it, Todd, I mean, it's, it's shown to, um, to outpace inflation. Uh, and more importantly than that, too, it's one of the only assets you could have been in last year that had a return, a positive return, not a loss. And this is why we talk about it. Um, I'm a big believer in diversity, and I have funds not just in gold and silver, but my gold and silver has saved my portfolio. It saved my customer's portfolio. And and really, you know, if you don't have it, you should be looking at that process right now because it's going to get worse before it gets better. And it's not just gold. And, and I have the coins. I have a lot of coins, um, gold and silver. But you've got uh, you guys at Legacy Precious Metals also offer a, a gold IRA and a silver IRA. T- t- tell our listeners about that. Yeah. And, and it's really important when you consider that because – we save most of our lives for our retirement, right? Most of us say we're going to work hard until we can't work anymore. And then we're going to live that life that we've put off. The things that we didn't do while we were working so that we could retire and have that security. So that's why that IRA is so important. And, and most places don't offer you many options. So this is why we say take a look at that IRA account. And get it protected with gold and silver because this is the thing you need the most in your retirement security. We had a caller um, who um, was not able to hang on the line, uh, Bob from Florida, and he's in his thirties, and he had a question just about preparing for retirement and when is a when is a good age to retire. Uh, I, maybe I think the broader question might be when is the best time to start preparing for your retirement. That is the ultimate question, right? Is when do you start? And the sooner you start, the better. When you work on retirement, you're looking at more important or just as important as the asset you have is the time you have in that asset. The time that you have for that money to grow and work for you. That is one of the most important things to a retirement account. So those kids who are in their 20s who are smart enough to do it, I commend you. You're going to have the retirement that you didn't even dream of. Um, if you're in your 30s, it's it's not too early to start. You know, a little now makes a big difference later. So the earlier you start, the better. That's really the most important thing is that time. And I know we have a, a lot of families, homeschool families, uh, they allow their kids to listen to the show. And, and we talk a lot about history and politics, the economy. And I, I think it's important for the kids to understand that it's really, it's, it's starting now. So, you know, and if you start young enough, you're going to be very comfortable uh, come your retirement years, especially if you're making those early investments in in gold and silver. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the homeschooling is a great point. Not only does it help them prepare for retirement, it teaches them a very important lesson. It teaches them financial responsibility. It teaches them the value of money and all the forms of money. So teaching a child to save is going to do the best thing for them, not just for their retirement, but in general, so that they don't spend more than they have. We don't need more people going bankrupt in America. 
Uh, yeah, you're right about that. Uh, Charles Thorngren on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line today. Legacy Precious Metals, LegacyPMInvestments.com is the website. And uh, there's all sorts of great information uh, for you there. And, you know, for a lot of folks, Charles, it's just getting into this new mindset of, oh, wow, I didn't realize I could do a, an, a gold IRA or a silver IRA. And you actually offer a free gold guide uh, that you send people. And, and one of the things I love about you guys, there's no pressure here. You really are all about educating people uh, about their retirement. So tell us about this free gold guide. You know, the gold guide is going to give you some of the basics uh, of what we can do in an IRA account outside of it, how the metals work. Um, again, it is the basics, which is a great place to start. But like you said, the most important thing you can do is talk to somebody. We're not going to pressure you. It doesn't work that way. And we believe where you don't see this very often in any other asset class, you should understand what you're invested in. Most people look at their retirement accounts or their investment accounts and really have no idea why they have that in there. Why is Apple stock in there? Why is this stock in there? Why is this CD in there? They don't know. They were told to do it. We believe that if we spend the time with you, give you the information you need, you're going to understand your investments better and feel better about them. All right. We here, want to remove fear, really, is what it comes down to. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's about. Uh, let me give the number out here, Charles, 866-473-6204. If you would like information on uh, getting the guide, or you can also go to the website, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Again, 866-473-6204. And Charles, again, this is about preparing people. And, uh, you know, we don't want to, you know, you never want to alarm people, but man, the economy is just really shaky right now. And it's important to have something that you can rely on. Absolutely. I, I never want to come from a place of fear, but I will say this. We do have something to be afraid of right now. We see it. We see it in the markets. We see it in a debt ceiling debate. The best thing that we can do is educate ourselves, and then we don't have to be afraid. That's the best thing that we can do at this point. Love it. It's it's great advice. And again, folks, LegacyPMInvestments.com. If you'd like to get the free gold guide, you can go there and uh, download it. Great information. And uh, the folks over at Legacy Precious Metals, I trust them with my investments, and you ought to give them a shot as well. Check it out. Charles, always appreciate you coming on the program. My pleasure as always. Thanks, Todd. All right. There you go, folks. Uh, Charles Thorngren, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Legacy Precious Metals, a longtime sponsor of this radio program. You know, one of the things we do with uh, with all of the sponsors of our show is, is we vet them. And if we like them, then we partner with them. And uh, that's one of the things we love about Charles. Uh, they they are never a hard sale. You know, they, they don't uh, pick up the phone and badger you. They don't do any of that stuff because they truly are in this to help you uh, prepare for your retirement uh, years. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868, our toll-free telephone number. This is the Todd Stern Show. Interesting new study from the Manhattan Institute. You know, they've got one of those woke district attorneys up there. Turns out that 69% of criminal cases have been dismissed in New York City under the new under the new rules uh, imposed on 
how you can um, how you can go after criminals. So again, New York City, the criminals have the upper hand, and that's why you're seeing all of this violence. I mean, the videos on uh, TikTok and Twitter, just unbelievable. Which uh, brings me to another story, uh, ironically, here in Memphis, Tennessee. And it's a great lesson for the rest of the nation what's happening in Memphis. We are controlled by progressive Democrats. And it is a very dangerous town right now. It's uh, it's really bad, really bad. So anyway, uh, carjackings have been a big problem here. And uh, just the other day, the police arrested eight teenagers, three of them 13 years old. One of the 13-year-olds had a stolen weapon, a gun. And so the police arrest these kids for uh, stealing cars and running from the police. So they arrest them, they bring them to jail, and folks, they were, they were sent right back out onto the street, including the 18-year-old ringleader who himself was armed with a gun he was not allowed to have. And they have something called judicial commissioners in Memphis. Those are the people that determine whether or not someone gets bail or not. And these people have been radicalized. And they're literally turning criminals loose out on the streets. And by the way, it's not a black or a white issue. The kids that were arrested all black, there was a white guy got busted for stealing from a big car dealership here in town. He was released on his own recognizance. So the police are getting frustrated and 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 rightfully so because they're trying to they're trying to clean up the streets but as soon as they arrest people they the they're they're literally set back out on the streets again the judicial system is just broken here. I want to go to the phones here. Rick in Oregon wants to weigh in on the police department and whether or not they should be releasing body cam footage. Hey Rick, what's on your mind? Hey Todd. Uh in regards to what MP all right, thank you for that. Thank you for that, Rick. Waited a long time on the air. You know, it's um, we've been every now and again we get hit by these um, these uh, people accused of child crimes that, uh, and they like to call into the the different radio programs and make idiots of themselves on national radio. But fortunately, uh, Kyle has the mighty dump button, and we're able to um, we're able to get rid of these thugs. But anyway, it's really unfortunate, but uh, these people have no jobs, and they typically live in their parents' basements, and they go to websites that are, quite frankly, inappropriate, and they ought to be in jail because uh, they they go to these websites. It's very unfortunate. All right, 844-747-8868. Bizarre story out of Idaho, where a school district is in violation of state law, Uh, Eighth graders in Idaho, Moscow, Idaho, they were presented a lesson about intercourse, and it was a pretty graphic lesson. We're not allowed to really talk about the specifics of it on the radio, but parents are outraged. The lesson's sponsored by Planned Parenthood and implemented by the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare. Now, This goes against Idaho law because schools are actually supposed to be promoting abstinence. And these these videos showed students very graphically how how to have sex. Parents are outraged. Cut number 12, please. Planned Parenthood endorsed sex education curriculum has infiltrated Idaho schools. 
In fact, Idaho's public health officials with the North Central Health District are encouraging middle schoolers to have sex. Now, after public records request, we've discovered that 8th grade students in Moscow, Idaho's middle school have been shown graphic condom demonstrations. The video, produced by Trojan Condoms, is part of the Planned Parenthood-endorsed sex education curriculum called Reducing the Risk. This video was part of the sex education program for several years, and it may have been shown to students in other schools in the district. Idaho law and standards allow only abstinence or until marriage sex education. These public health presentations, however, teach children that anal sex, oral sex, sexual fantasy, masturbation, and abortifacients such as Plan B are perfectly acceptable for middle schoolers. This is in total defiance of Idaho law. The curriculum also includes teaching young children about gender identity and transgender ideology. Out of the 120 PowerPoint slides, there's just one mention of marriage. 120 slides, one mention. Over a dozen mentions of anal or oral sex. Government employees are violating state law, and this Planned Parenthood-endorsed curriculum is still being taught in at least 13 other schools. If you are a parent in Idaho or just a concerned citizen, we need your help to continue to uncover what is going on in our schools. The future of our state depends on it. All right. Well, that's the Idaho Family Foundation. Is that the uh, name of the group? And they're exposing all this. We've got this up on our website, and you got to check it out. But all I can tell you is you better call your local public school and make sure they're not using any of this Planned Parenthood propaganda. Oh, I got to tell you guys. So while that was happening, one of those losers, the sleazebags, um, who's they, they try to prank call a lot of the conservative talk radio programs, and they do this to everybody. But we're on to them. And so they get very upset. They call, and they want to use nasty, filthy language on the air, and they're they're basically wannabes. They they're jerks. They they they've got no life, no job, and again they live in their parents' basements. Anyway, one of the guys called up. How dare you? You called us child molesters. It's illegal to call us child molesters. Well, first of all, we didn't call you. We just said there were allegations. It's alleged child molester. So anyway, these people are clowns, and uh, we like to call them out, but they've got nothing else to do. Can you imagine that? Just, I mean, the, the the entirety of your day, the high point of your life is trying to crank call a talk radio program. That's pretty pathetic. <laughs> anyway, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, hey, folks, ToddSterns.com is our website. Uh, you got to check out some great stories. Uh, we're also updating uh, some reports coming out of D.C., Clearly, the Supreme Court knows who did this. They're just not wanting to release the information. And I suspect it's because it came from the liberal side of the bench. Quite frankly, one of the Supreme Court justices probably leaked it. So we may never know, but you never know. Stuff always gets leaked uh, there in Washington, D.C. We're going to be keeping you updated on the debt ceiling controversy. You'll be able to find out that information on our website as well. Good day, everybody. I am Todd Stearns. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.